continue to keep adding to your plate. Stop stretching yourself so thin. You cannot do it all. You are not designed to do everything for everyone. Sometimes you just have to say no and you gotta say no without feeling guilty. You have to be able to take care of yourself. Stop piling on your plate thinking that you're Superman or Superwoman. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Roy Hall Jr. Podcast. So happy that you're here with us today. Super excited for today's episode. I mean, listen, I have a masterpiece to deliver to you all today. Thank you for listening. Again, we're over a thousand downloads for the Roy Hall Jr. Podcast. You can find us on every major streaming platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pandora, Spotify, Podbean. You might be able to find us even on a cassette tape if you still own one of those. Either way, you can go to any of those platforms or you can visit RoyHallJr.com and get every single episode at RoyHallJr.com. And if you're being inspired week to week with this podcast, you can also check the availability for me to come and speak to your company, uh, to your organization, to your business. Would love to, to visit virtually or in person. Again, RoyHallJr.com. We got a lot to cover today. On, on this podcast, some uh, some good articles to get into, and really some some content, some information that's going to change your life forever. I really believe that. So let me let me hop in and dive in right here. So I'm I'm reading, and every every year around this time is when things start to get a little bit shaky on the West Coast. On the West Coast, so you're talking Washington, all up the coast of California. You're talking Arizona, Oregon. You know, all those areas out west where they start trying to figure out what they're going to do with wildfires. Now, if you're in the Midwest, on the East Coast, down south, you really don't worry about wildfires. It's not something that impacts you. So it probably wouldn't interest you the way that it interests me. But it interests me because of the way that they're trying to prevent these wildfires and also that it's a problem that happens every single year. Last year alone in these wildfires, there was $12 billion in total damages, $12 billion in total damages. And then there was another $2 billion in fire suppression costs. Um, over 10,000 structures were destroyed and people had to evacuate, hundreds of thousands of people leaving their homes. And this went on for multiple weeks. You got these forests that get so dry and the air is dry and there's not enough, it's so dry on the West Coast that the smallest of spark can set off a blaze that goes on for weeks at a time. $12 billion in damage. And then they had to spend $2 billion just to suppress the fires, which is a crazy amount of money. And so before I even get into the what this means for you, because just like they have wildfires on the West Coast and just like they have wildfires in real life, there are things called wildfires that happen in our personal lives as well. And the way that I define a wildfire is, is number one, it's unexpected. It's something that almost comes out of nowhere, something that you forgot to prepare for or something that you thought would never happen to you. It's something that's unexpected. A wildfire can also be something that's uncontrollable. You see the problem, you recognize the problem, you come up with a strategy and a plan to solve the problem, to suppress the problem, but whatever you came up with is just not working and it's growing out of control. It's just way too big for you to handle on your own, 
but for some reason you won't ask for help. And so you start to evacuate, you start to panic, but it's uncontrollable, which means it's starting to take over areas that are delicate and more areas that mean a lot more to you than you anticipated. It's starting to just take over. Before it was just a small problem and hey, I think I can deal with it. But whatever I was planning on doing is not working. And last but not least, it's it's also extremely uncomfortable. It's a wildfire. It's hot. It's heat coming down your road. It's heat in your house. You're sweating. You're panicking. You don't know what to do. You are are dehydrated mentally. You don't have what it takes. It's, it's so uncomfortable, you just want to get out of there. You don't even want to deal with it anymore. Conversations could be wildfires, uncom just completely uncomfortable. So these are different things and different characteristics and real wildfires in real life, but also in your personal life. Now, let me give you a short list. It's kind of a long list. A short list of wildfires that... I want you to be thinking about as I go down talking about these different things. So loss of a family member, that could be a wildfire. When you're talking about grief, when you're talking and dealing with how to handle someone's death, when, you know, planning funerals, planning arrangements, that could turn into a wildfire quickly. Families acting crazy, people emotional, angry, upset, feeling guilty. Just what it's so all these things are going on that could turn into a wildfire. OK, depression. We know that's in the thick of a wildfire. You can't get up out of you got caught in the middle of the wild. You can't evacuate. You're just in it. Smoke everywhere. Depression. Wildfire. Fear is a wildfire. You know, it started off really subtle, but you won't go for the promotion. You won't have the conversation. You won't change things in your life because you're you won't even you won't even expose your true talent and your true self because you don't know what people are going to think about it. You think you're going to fail, so you don't even put in the effort. Fear can be a wildfire. Health challenges across the board. It could be as much as just being 25 pounds overweight, right? Health challenges across the board can be wildfires where you can't control your eating habits, right? The depression is at, and the thing about the characteristics about wildfires is it may start in one area and then it just starts to spread. So your depression is contributing to your poor eating habits, right? Which is contributing to your high blood pressure. And all of these things are things that you think about when you go to work. And so when people come to me and say, Roy, you know, like I, I love that you do professional development. Can you get a little bit more specific on strategies that I can utilize in my job? What I'm always interested in and arg will argue back about is your personal life is directly linked to what you're doing at work. You can't focus at work on anything because you're worried about the 25 pounds you haven't lost. So we have to deal with that. Personal excellence is where we have to be. But also position loss can turn into a wildfire. They cut back. You lose your job that you've been working for. You've been at the company for 25 years. You've been giving your all for 15 months. Right. You put in extra overtime. You got a master's degree because they told you if you get your master's, you might get a promotion and then you lose your job. Financial stress. You know, the great theologian Biggie Small said, more money, more problems. M.O. apostrophe. Now, if you look up Mo in the dictionary, I don't know. It might be in the urban dictionary, but more money, more problems. Come on. So you're making a lot of money. But you got more problems, which means it's more stress. But you thought that life would be so much better when you got that bump in pay. And now it's that much worse. 
it was better off when you was just making 85,000. Now you're making 185,000 and you're like, I don't even, this is a problem. This is a problem. Financial stress, both ways. Obviously relationship struggles, the various responsibilities that you have, you continue to keep adding to your plate. Stop stretching yourself so thin. You cannot do it all. You are not designed to do everything for everyone. Sometimes you just have to say no, and you got to say no without feeling guilty. You have to be able to take care of yourself. Stop piling on your plate thinking that you're Superman or Superwoman because you keep exhausting yourself and running yourself on fumes, and you're turning everybody else into a superstar, and all of a sudden you are becoming uh, absolutely nothing. You are you turning them into a superstar. You're becoming a falling star. You had you're crashing down right back to the earth. Stop adding so many more responsibilities to your plate when you can't take care of the ones that you already have. These are wildfires. I'm just trying to help you. Criticism. Can be a wildfire. You stay on social media. You take people not liking your posts or commenting on what you put on social media as them criticizing you and saying this is not good enough for me to say something to you or to like your post so that you take it personal. You take correction personal from your boss. You take conversations where people don't agree with you personal criticism. It's a wildfire. Negative self-talk is probably one of the most dangerous wildfires. I can't do it. I'm not good enough. I knew my life was going to happen this way. I knew this was going to happen. I knew I shouldn't have trusted that person. This is going to set me back 10 years. I knew I shouldn't have took that job. I knew I should have dated that person. I, I, I knew this was going to be terrible. I knew this was going to happen. I knew I was going to be late to work. I knew I shouldn't have trusted. It's just negative self-talk. It's going to take too long. I don't feel like doing that. It's just negative self-talk wildfire laziness is a wildfire laziness is a wildfire let me give you a tip because this may not necessarily be laziness this is just you liking to hit the snooze button because i've done that before i like hitting the snooze button but i like hitting the snooze button before i get up to go to work now this may sound like it makes no sense but it's just a little tip maybe you should try it i like waking up don't you love waking up and looking at the clock and it's like 3 45 and maybe you don't get up till 5.30 in the morning and you're like, oh, I still got an hour and 45 minutes to sleep. And you go back to sleep. Like, it's a joy to look at the clock when you wake up and you're like, oh, 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 I still got two hours left. This is amazing. And you go back to sleep. So, but then when you wake up at 5.30 and that alarm goes off, you hit the snooze button for another five, 10 minutes, whatever it may be. You hit that two or three times. On average, people, humans hit the snooze button three times before they get up, depending on how long that snooze is. So I had this theory, because I don't always wake up before I'm supposed to. So this is what I started doing. I started setting my alarm two hours before I'm supposed to wake up. Two alarms. My first alarm goes off. I wake up, <laughs> and I hit the alarm, and I look at the clock. Like, man, I still got two hours left to sleep. Sometimes I will even just let the snooze button just continue to go off for 15-minute intervals. And I'll wake up every 15 minutes and turn off my alarm. But then when around the third or fourth time, I'll just get up because I'm agitated by it. But I will never be late. I will never oversleep. And I'll never have the excuse like, man, my alarm clock didn't go off because it just continues to go off. That may sound like the most uncommon thing to do, but that's what I had to do to discipline myself to know, like, I don't want to sleep. I don't want to just keep sleeping in. 
I need to get up when I want, when I need to get up at the prescribed time. So a lot of times I'll set my alarm two, three hours before I'm supposed to, and, and I will not get up because I know in my mind it's just going to wake me up. And I needed to do that because I love the feeling of waking up and having two more hours. It may be just me, but you should try it one day. You're like, no, I'm not doing that. I am not waking up two hours because once I'm up, I'm up. That's terrible. It's a bad suggestion. I'm just tr try it if you have that, that challenge like I did. But I just wanted to give you some examples of some potential wildfires. Anger is another wildfire. You might be driving right now. I don't know. But look yourself in the mirror if you can. You know if anger is a wildfire in your life. You know if anger is a wildfire in your life. Pride is another one. Pride is one that I'll probably hit on today because that, that joker right there, he's worse than the joker from the movie Joker. He's worse than the worst supervillain in the DC comic books. Pride, pride, that, that's, that's a wildfire right there that, that's almost untamable. It almost, it almost can't be put out. But we're going we gonna to try and get to the bottom of it today. All right, so these are different types of wildfires. Again, we have described a wildfire as something that's unexpected, uncontrollable, and uncomfortable. Now, hopefully these three things aren't going all the same way at the same time. But these are, these are the, the characteristics of a wildfire. When I mentioned earlier that there was $12 billion in damages and they had $2 billion that they used for fire suppression costs, because this is just interesting to me, they spent $2 billion to try and suppress the fires. $2 billion. And what that told me is one way or another, you are going to have to pay something. It's going to cost you something for not dealing with these wildfires. So you can choose to either deal with it now or deal with it later. But if you deal with your anger right now, if you deal with your laziness right now, if you deal with, I don't know, your financial stress, if you deal with the pressure of being an executive right now, if you talk it through right now, and it may be getting a therapist, you may be getting someone to talk with you through it. But if you don't have the difficult conversations now, by the time you get to it later, it's going to be burning so hot, it's going to cost you 10, 20 times as much as it would have cost you if you dealt with it up front. One of the worst things in the world is to know that there's somebody in your circle, someone in, in your surroundings, someone that you communicate with often, someone that's, that's in your, your, your sphere of influence, somebody that's right next to you, and you know it's something wrong with their character, it's something that they did that, that's going to hurt you long term, it's something that they did to, to, to abuse your trust at the workplace or in your home, and you didn't say anything. They call them red flags, but you didn't say anything because pride just didn't, you know what, I'm just not even going to say nothing. And then five months, five weeks, five years down the road, this same person is the reason why you lost your job. It's the reason why you're so stressed out. It's the reason why they got the promotion and you didn't because they were stabbing you in the back when you should have said something when you saw that knife in their hand. Come on, you listen. We got to deal with these things up front. It costs these people $2 billion on the West, the, the government $2 billion just to suppress the fires. How much is it going to cost you for not dealing with these wildfires in your life? How much is it going to cost you? All right. It's either going to cost you some time now and maybe some difficult conversations and multiple adjustments now, or it's going to cost you much more later. You can either have the difficult conversation now you can either start to make the adjustments now, the appropriate necessary adjustments, or it's going to cost you, cost you so much more down the road trying to deal with this problem that you could have took care of today.
Start thinking about what it could cost you. What it could cost you down the road. Are you willing to lose it all over something that's relatively small? Are you willing to lose it all? Are you willing to give everything up for something that's relatively small? Are you willing to give up everything because you are unwilling to deal with something? Are you willing to give up everything because you're unwilling to deal with something? Because everything is going to get burned away. Everything is going to get destroyed if you don't deal with this one something, this one thing. Sometimes pride won't let you do that. Are you willing to throw it all away just to say that you won for a day? Man, come on now. Are you willing to throw it all away just to say that you won for a day? Most people are willing to throw it all away. Pride will seep its way in there. They will throw everything away just to say that they won for a day. I won. I got the last word. They, I knew, they didn't know what they, they had no idea who they were messing with. They didn't know who they was talking to. And you get fired the next day. And you lose that relationship that you built for the last 20 years. Just because an apology couldn't be said. Just because the conversation went into anger. And that anger, the anger wildfire was in your life much before that. And that seeped into this conversation with this person. And now there's, it's just destroying everything. These wildfires, I'm telling you, are real. You had hundreds of thousands of people evacuating in 2020. And they expecting it to be much worse this year. These wildfires. Pride is crafty. That's the wildfire we're dealing with right now. Pride is so crafty because pride isn't necessarily like fear is aggressive. You know, you start to get anxiety. You can't breathe. Heart beating all fast. Feel like something's thumping in your chest, your stomach, bowels all messed up. Everything. Fear is, a, is very aggressive, but pride, pride is crafty. Pride isn't aggressive, but pride is extremely accurate. Pride is very accurate. So please be careful. See, pride carefully massages your conceited thoughts with durable lies and immovable stubbornness that disables your ability to change your behavior. I've never heard a better definition of pride. I'm going to say it again. Pride carefully massages your conceited thoughts with durable lies and immovable stubbornness that disables your ability to change your behavior. So all of a sudden, it's just in there making you feel relaxed. Pride is making you feel comfortable. Pride is making you feel good about yourself. Matter of fact, they call it being puffed up. Pride makes you poke your chest out a little bit. For those people that aren't in shape, you know, you got a little stomach that just kind of pokes out. Pride will poke your chest out past that stomach. You're out of shape physically, but all of a sudden you get prideful and now your chest is poking out. And you're like, I don't care what you say to me. I know I'm right. I'm not apologizing. I'm not saying I'm sorry. I'm not forgiving. I'm not going in there and humbling myself. I'm not saying thank you. And I'm not saying please. Pride is crafty. Because it makes you feel good when you slam that door and walk out the office or slam the door and walk out your house or you hang up on somebody. It makes you feel amazing. But then you realize it's like a deep tissue massage. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. You get that massage. To some people, deep tissue massages feel, massages feel real good until the next day.
when you feel that pain and you can't take it back when they've been pressing on all those muscles. It's going to take you two or three days to recover if you never had a deep tissue. And that's how it gets you. But if you do this, so write this down, wherever you are, write this down. Because you fight pride with a very simple phrase. You fight pride, this wildfire. This is how you suppress this wildfire, quickly. Life is not about you. That's how you suppress pride. You repeat, you meditate, uh, you, you say it, you sleep it, you breathe it, you live by it, tattoo it on yourself if you want to. Life is not about you. You keep repeating that and you live your life that way, then pride will never have a grasp on your life. Life is not about you. Life is not about you. Here's what I do know about pride. Pride lies, but pain tells the truth. Pride lies, but pain tells the truth. And soon after you have your prideful moment, there's going to be some pain that makes you look yourself in the mirror and tells you the truth. You were wrong. And that pain of loss, loss of a job, loss of a position, loss of an opportunity, loss of a relationship, loss of your mind, that pain is going to set in sooner or later. Pride lies, but that pain is going to tell the truth. And you don't want the truth to come from pain. You don't want that. You don't want that type of truth. Because that type of truth, that type of pain is a little bit more aggressive than the crafty pride that you've been dealing with. Wildfires, that's exactly what we're talking about today. I thought last week was good. I don't know what's happening right now. I'm telling you, I'm on, I'm on something else. I'm on a, I'm, I don't know. God is doing something, man. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Okay? I'm thankful, though. I'm thankful for the ability and the gift to communicate. I'm thankful for that. Because, see, I know it's not me. Pride says, oh, this is you. No, it's not me. I know it's good, though. I know I'm not really the one doing it. That's why I'm not prideful. I'm okay. And that's how you got to be like, listen, when things are going well, you're like, listen, I'm connected to a higher source, to a higher power, whatever it is, the creator of the universe, whatever you believe, I'm just connected. I know it's not me. I know it's not me. And then you can continue to execute at a high level without having fear, the wildfire, like, oh, my gosh, you got to feel guilty for being great. No, no, you don't. Life is not about you. Now, I got this article that I'm pulling this information from about these wildfires that they're expecting on the West Coast. And this is what the headline read. It says, nothing looks good. Specter of summer wildfires looms large over hard-hit Oregon. You're like, okay. So I mentioned earlier that Oregon is one of the states that gets hit really hard. Now, now listen to this, because this is so good. Wearing soot smudge, fire-resistant clothing and helmets, several wildland firefighters armed with hose moved through fire hose, uh, moved through a stand of uh, ponderosa pines as flames tore through the underbrush. I don't know what a ponderosa pine is. I remember the restaurant ponderosa. For all those who had some challenges and it growing up, Ponderosa was like, that was like the, you know, Ruth's Chris Steakhouse five star. You got a chance to go to a Ponderosa and get all you can eat. Oh, <laughs> lights out. And it was probably only like $12. But at the time when you feed like five or six, if it was a big family going in, you know, $70, $80 on food. That's just, that was a big meal. Now you spend $80 just on the steak. It was, the steaks are more than 80 bucks. But anyway. 
It says the firefighters weren't there to extinguish the fire. Catch this. They had started it. It says the firefighters weren't there to extinguish the fire. They're the ones that started it. And I, I read that. I'm like, why would these firefighters start the fire in the forest that's supposed to burn? This is what they call it. The prescribed burn ignited this month near the scenic mountain town of Bend is part of a massive effort in wildlands across the U.S., the West Coast, to prepare for a fire season that's expected to be even worse than last year's record-shattering one. And I thought to myself, these gentlemen, and part of the strategy is if we could burn off some of the things that will catch fire on its own, then we could prevent these things from burning later, which will prevent this wildfire from being as bad as it could possibly be. Because we expect it to be worse this year. So they're literally going in and saying, we're going to start our own fires. We're going to get rid of some stuff ahead of time so that this stuff can't burn. At least if we burn this, it can't be burned again. And if it can't be burned again, it'll prevent this area from being burned up. Oh, my goodness, this is so good. This is going to be so helpful for you. So listen, if we're talking about wildfires of your life, sometimes you got to burn up some things in your life ahead of time. You have to take, you have to be extremely proactive, okay? You got to search your soul. You got to look yourself in the mirror and you got to examine your behavior. You got to investigate your motives. You got to shake down your thoughts. You got to start a fight with your ego. Right. You got to go to battle with pride before it blindsides you with the hit that you won't be able to recover from. You got to do this ahead of time. You got to look at your anger. You got to look at the loss of family. You got to look at the history of depression. You got to look at the fear. You got to look at the, the disappointment that you're dealing with from not getting a promotion. You got to look at your the stress that you're under to try and meet these deadlines and these these bottom line goals for these financial amounts and to secure these sales. You got to be able to look at those things and say, I have to deal with this now or this is going to hurt me down the road. Come on now. People won't do that. They don't want to examine their own behavior. People don't want to investigate their own motives. You got to set blaze to this stuff early on because it's not going to cost me as much now if I kind of make things uncomfortable right now. If I have the conversation right now, it's not going to cost me as much now as it'll cost me later. You got to have some prescribed burns, as the article says. Let me keep reading. The article goes on to say all these steps are in the right direction, but the challenge is big and complex. This is just letting you know that if you really get proactive, if you do what you're supposed to do, examine your behavior, investigate your motives, shake down your thoughts, start a fight with your ego, go to battle with pride before it blindsides you with a hit that you won't be able to recover from. If you do those things, this article just let you know that the challenge is big and complex. So even doing those things may not be enough, but it's a start. And that's the thing. Most people don't want to start to change the things in their life that they need to change. But this is a start. It's saying, you know, if you've been battling anger problems and anger issues and you got that overachiever complex, where you feel like nothing that you do is good enough and you always have to prove yourself, that's something that you've been dealing with since you've been in elementary school. 
So looking at yourself in the mirror and dealing with this wildfire that's been burning for the last 15, 30 years of your life, it's a big, complex challenge. And you got to be patient. And you got to look at alternative strategies and start doing things that you've never done before. This is the second time I'm going to mention finding someone to talk to to help walk you through these things. I listen to a radio host and he openly says, I go to a therapist every Thursday. That's a part of his routine because he needs to be able to sort out and work through things that could potentially be wildfires in his life and the cost of it, like the literal cost of it, but also the time that he has to put it. That's 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 worth more to him. And it's it's not as costly as it would be if he didn't deal with those issues. The article also says, and more needs to be done to even turn the corner. So immediately, more needs to be done. You need to do more for you. You need to do more to work on these wildfires. This is not something that you can get accomplished in a day. This is not something that you can do in a week. This is not something that you can do in a month. But you need to do more. You keep doing more for other people. You keep doing more for your job. You keep doing more for, for your clients. You keep doing more in the sales force. You keep doing more for other people, but you need to do more for you to turn the corner. You haven't even turned the corner yet. You got this wildfire blazing and everybody else can see it, but you ignoring it. Matter of fact, you've ignored it and evacuated at the same time. You left knowing it was burning some things down, but you tried to get so far away from it and you wanted to act like it didn't exist, but you could feel the heat, so you just kept moving forward from it. You got to turn the corner. You got to turn the corner. But it's also giving you hope. If you want to do more, if you do do a little bit more in these insufficient areas, these areas that you're not performing at the rate and at the uh, level that you're supposed to, it's saying that you can turn the corner. There is an end to this. You can get around that corner, get around that bend. You may not know what's on the other side of that corner, but you got to get to the corner and get around the other side because on the other side of the corner may be another person that can help take you the rest of the way. But you got to do your part and you got to do it right now. Stop procrastinating. Remember, I told you procrastination is the arrogant assumption that somehow you are owed the opportunity to do today or do tomorrow what should have been done today. Stop procrastinating. Here, here's more on this article because this article is creating all of this for you all today. It says severe drought has turned forests and grasslands into into dry fuels ready to ignite from a careless camper or a lightning strike. More people are building in areas bordering these wildlands, expanding the so-called wildland urban interface in areas where wildfires impact people the most. I could I could do this for a whole nother hour. I'm so pumped up right now. This thing says a severe drought has turned a forest and grassland into dry fuels. The areas that are dead in your life, the areas that you continue to ignore, these areas that have long gone and long passed that you continue to keep around are the very things that are going to cause the most catastrophic wildfires in your life. These things that have been dead for years are going to be the, the smallest thing is going to cost you everything. If you don't get rid of this extra baggage and extra weight, the smallest things, it says a careless camper. 
Now, a careless camper to me is someone that you meet that comes into your life and says the wrong thing. Or it's also someone that comments on your social media, a complete stranger, a careless camper who was having a bad day, didn't agree with your opinion. And it sets off a spark. And you say something that costs you your job on social media. You says you say something to a family member because of a careless camper came along, made you mad at work. You go home and go off on somebody in your family that you love and you're thankful for. And a wildfire starts and the relationship and the whole household burns down because of a careless camper. Lightning could strike. Man. Then it says more people are building in areas in these wildlands. Are you kidding me? More people? That means that people recognize that you're not you. And this is where people take advantage of you not being you. So you're having a bad day. You're dealing with a wildfire. And you've got these dead areas in your life. And people will take advantage of you when they see you down. People will take advantage of your kindness. And people will start building their life. Remember when I told you about responsibilities? Remember when I told you about taking on too much about, I don't know, 15 minutes ago? People continue to pile up and build on your area. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, there's a small spark. And watch this. Not only does your stuff burn down, but now their stuff burns down. You've taken on the responsibility to take care of so many people and to do so much for all these other people without taking care of yourself. Sometimes people say, Roy, you need to take care of yourself a little bit more. They don't realize that my fuel is taking care of others. So there's one of those phenomenons that's kind of, you know, it's not really pride. I do take care of myself. I go to the gym. That's why my suit fits so tight on purpose, right? But people start building on you and then you can't handle it, then something in your life is a wildfire. That sparks, and then that takes out their stuff and your stuff. All right, we're rolling now, but before we go any further, let me remind you, I created a free course, Make It Count, How to Stay Motivated Each Day and Keep a Positive Perspective. I created a free course at RoyHallJr.com. Go to RoyHallJr.com. Free course, absolutely free for you. Created it just for you. Make it count how to stay motivated each day and keep a positive perspective. It's over 75 minutes and nine lessons full of content, strategy, and things that you need to hear to make sure you stay motivated and keep a positive perspective. Staying motivated daily can be difficult when you lose sight of the valuable perspective that every day is a gift and tomorrow is not promised. Just putting things in perspective can give you the motivation that you need to give your very best effort in every area of your life because you know and you never know when your last opportunity will arise. So in this course, I'm gonna teach you how to find strength to give your all no matter your age, right? No matter your age, how to give your all and, and find strength to give your all. How to overcome criticism that was meant to destroy your focus. Come on. How success can negatively impact your most important relationships. How to finally break through and work with a sense of urgency. One of my favorites, three easy steps to strengthen your mental health and increase your quality time with your family. How about this one? Why your sacrifice can immediately improve the lives of others. So we have so many different lessons that I've put together. Again, make it count how to stay motivated each day and keep a positive perspective. Free course at RoyHallJr.com. Free course at RoyHallJr.com. Do not miss your opportunity to grow. This is a free course. 
Um, I don't always do the free ones, but this is a free course for you. And then once you take it, you can share it uh, with a family member, friend, coworker. Again, make it count how to stay motivated each day and keep a positive perspective only at RoyHallJr.com. All right, let me go ahead and transition here. All right, let me keep going. In the article, it says, I'm seeing probably the worst combination of conditions in my lifetime, said Derek DeGroot. He's a county commissioner in southern Oregon. He says, we have an enormous fuel load in the forest, talking about these dry areas, and we are looking at a drought unlike we've seen probably in the last 115 years. Isn't that true for us today? COVID-19 put a drought on people's lives and killed and dried out so many lively areas that more people are so I'm seeing listen I'm seeing probably the worst combination of conditions in my lifetime right here where I sit in Columbus Ohio there have been 80 80 homicides already in 2021 two of them have been 16 year olds in the last seven days 80 it's not even the summertime yet the worst conditions, the worst combinations of fear and anger and resentment and laziness and financial struggles. The worst conditions ever. Business is shutting down. The worst conditions ever. In the last 115 years, that sounds about right. Listen to this. It says, ask how worried is he about the 2021 fire season? The group said on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm at a 12. Nothing looks good. I bet you if, if you ask the left side and the right side what looks good, they both will say nothing looks good. Sometimes people look at their lives, nothing looks good. That's a wildfire, negative self-talk, nothing looks good. Nothing is going right for me. You know how many people in the inner city, so many people in these areas of poverty that, that struck and think nothing looks good. One out of seven people in Ohio in my state struggles with hunger. One out of five kids struggles with hunger. Food insecurity is through the roof and not enough food for people. The worst in 115 years on a scale of 1 to 10, I would also agree that 12 is a good number. It says in other prevention measures, utility companies are removing vegetation around power lines. Good for you. You went gluten-free. You, you went gluten-free. Thanks. And are ready to impose blackouts when those lines are threatened. So you got certain, certain people are, these, these, these utility companies represent the people that are trying to do a little bit better. These are like me. This is like me. I'm like the utility company. I'm trying to do my part to make sure nothing burns up. But it says armies of firefighters are being beefed up and communities are offering incentives for residents to make their own properties fire resistant. And I'm telling you the same thing. This call is to make your life wildfire resistant. The incentive is it's not going to cost you as much down the road as it costs you right now hearing me raise my voice a little bit. What I loved about this, it says armies of firefighters are being beefed up. Answer this question. Who's in your army? Who's in your army to help you put out the wildfires? They got an army of firefighters out here. Who's in your army to put out your fire, to help you put out your fire? What people do you have next to you that's willing to get close enough to the worst parts of you, the, 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 the parts of you that you don't expose to anyone, the parts of you that's the hottest, uh, that's the most intense, that probably would be heavily scrutinized if it got out to the, to the public, that private part that you keep to yourself, who's in your army to help walk with you, to march with you, to, to keep you accountable, to help walk, to help suppress and put out this fire? Do you have an army with you? I didn't say a friend. I said, do you got an army 
of people that can help you? The answer is probably no, because you don't trust people enough to allow them to get close enough to you so that they can help you put out the fire. But the truth is, a lot of people don't want to get close enough to you or get close enough to touch you because your wildfire is so hot, so heavy, and everybody can see it. It's just that you think that you're hiding it. So I don't like people. You need people in your life. You were not designed to do life alone, and you're definitely not designed to do problems alone. Get you an army around you. It says on a local level, individuals and communities need to create defensible spaces. This is what we're doing right now. They need evacuation plans, right? I need a way to get out. You got to be able to leave. You got to be able to get out. But like I mentioned before, you got to know what's worth saving. If you had a house fire, you wouldn't have time to grab everything, but you would grab the most valuable things. So if there's a wildfire in your life, you have to determine what's worth saving. Is this wildfire strong enough to take out my relationship, to take out my business, to take out my, like, what, can I shut this wildfire? What's worth saving to me? What's worth saving? A lot more resources need to go to managing the forest through prescribed burns and thinning. I think we've got one to two decades to get this done. So what I'm telling you, we're talking about 10 to 20 years. And this is so brilliant because he's saying that if you don't handle what you're supposed to handle right now, you only got a short window. If you're 50, you're going to be 60 in 10 years. If you're 40, you're going to be 50. If you're 30, you're going to be 40, so forth and so on. So this is saying that this could destroy and change. It says the entire forest will look totally different right in front of our eyes from these fires. You will be a totally different person if this thing, if you allow this thing to continue to do what it's been doing. More resources need to go. So you need to spend more time taking care of these fires. That's a resource. You need to spend more money. Like I know you go out to eat every Friday. You need to spend more resources on taking care of these fires. Last but not least. They, the last problem that they had, it says, besides overgrown forests, the West faces a newer threat, and it's called cheatgrass. Cheatgrass. And it says, cheatgrass grows prolifically after a wildfire and becomes incredibly flammable. After the fire is put out, the first thing to come back is cheatgrass. So this is saying they put out the fires, and then... By the time they come back, it's this grass coming that's even more flammable when they put it out because they don't deal with that part. So watch this. Resentment is cheatgrass. Bitterness is cheatgrass. Division is cheatgrass. Unforgiveness is cheatgrass. Depression can be cheatgrass. High blood pressure on the health side can be cheatgrass. If you allow these wildfires to fester long enough, then you figure out a way to put them out. You let them go along too, too you, you let them burn for too long. Now, all of a sudden, it's something else that's, that came from that. It's a byproduct of that. This is why we have to handle it up front so that we ain't got to worry about this cheatgrass. We don't want to worry about this cheatgrass. It says it starts this horrible cycle that is really difficult to combat. Let me finish here. This was in 2013. 2013. I had a leather couch that I bought when I was in the NFL. And I bought this couch from Crate and Barrel. Now, this couch was the best type of leather that you, I mean, 
I love footballs, that pigskin, that's a different type of leather. Basketball, different type of leather. But this leather was so soft. I mean, like whipped um, cream cheese soft, like like whipped, like, you know, the soft butter that you get. I, I can't stand hard butter, by the way, at restaurants. Why do you put the butter? I know you got to put it in the refrigerator or whatever you got to do, but don't give it to me when it's, like, still hard. I can't even – it breaks my bread up. It just doesn't make sense. You get a three-star out of five for giving me hard butter. But this is soft leather couch. Oh, it was like a caramel color. It was like the color of my skin complexion. This couch was amazing. And I moved out of a condo, and I had to put it in storage because I didn't have anywhere to put it. I didn't want to use that couch. For, I wanted to save it for whatever reason. I just I had another couch, and the space that I moved to uh, was a little bit smaller. And so I put this nice couch in storage, covered it up and everything. Well, it just so happens in 2013, a gentleman that I knew through someone else uh, gave me a call. And he said, I have a buddy that his house caught on fire and he did not have insurance and it caught on fire in the kitchen. It spread throughout the living room, but the firefighters got there fast enough and they got it burned. They, they put it out. He said, but he needs furniture. He's a single father living in the inner city of Columbus. And he has a six year old daughter who's just the most beautiful little girl in the world. He said they need furniture. Now, I'm in a situation now where I got two couches. But this couch that I paid for, remember, I'm coming out the NFL, so I'm not bragging, but the couch was probably about $6,200 for the couch. And it was only like a, a three-seater. It wasn't like a, a, a sectional. I just got the best leather couch I can get. And I love that couch. And it's in storage. And right now, my ego is kicking up because there is no way then I'm about to give this man my $6,500 crate and barrel couch. And I feel bad about him. But why should I give him that couch when I could probably just go buy him another one? But there was something that was stretching my soul. There was something that was pulling my spirit. And I knew that that couch was for that man. I just knew it. There had been, it had been in storage for two years. I hadn't done anything with it. And I said, I got to give this man this couch. And then I thought to myself, I get to give this man this couch. Now, I had a brief moment where I went back and forth, but I had been picking fights with my pride and I had been picking fights with my ego for years up to that point. So I was already proactively preparing for this wildfire that could have been guilt right now. And this story could be a lot different. So I went to storage. We got the couch, put it on the back of a truck, took it to this man's house. And I pulled up to this man's house and it was soot and fog and it just smelled like burned everything. I mean, just an awful barbecue. It was so bad and just black walls in the kitchen, black walls in, 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 in the living room. And, and we walked up, knocked on the door. My friend walked in first. I walked in behind him and I saw the little girl on the floor and she's creating smiley faces and hearts on the floor in the middle of her kitchen or her living room that got burned down like it never even happened. And I looked at her and she said, daddy said that you guys are gonna be the ones to bring us a couch. And 
I said, yeah, we we got a couch for you. And she says, I can't wait. But does this mean that I can't draw on the floor anymore? I mean, her perspective was so unreal, so full of hope, like nothing had even happened. Here it is, this wildfire, this fire done burned everything. And this little girl was still hopeful because I think she recognized that she still had her daddy and she still had her house. And somebody was showing up with something that she needed. And we put that couch in that living room and she jumped on that couch. I mean, she got it dirty immediately. I mean, her dad was happy. They were smiling. They taking pictures in a room that's been burned down. And then on the other side, when he walked outside, a lot he didn't have insurance. So a lot of his things he was able to try and get out. But his large little hutch and um, bookshelves and TV stand, these wooden pieces, looked like they were destroyed. Black soot and tar-looking stuff on it. And this gentleman got his water hose in the middle of his driveway and sprayed that thing down. We got some soap and water and started scrubbing down this uh, his, 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 his large chests and those different things. And they'll never look the same. They were obviously a lot darker, but we probably got about 75% of that stuff off of there. And it was usable to him again. It's all he had. And I'm watching how he's like, it doesn't matter. I don't know how I'm a paint. I, I don't have insurance, but I have a couch. I have my life and I have my little girl. And it took me here. Fire doesn't mean finished and residue doesn't mean ruined. Fire does not mean finished and residue doesn't mean that it's ruined. The fire came, it wasn't over for him. There was residue and certain things on his stuff, but according to him, it was still functionable and it means it wasn't ruined. And the same holds true for your life. The wildfires that have impacted your life for the last five years, six weeks, six years, or whatever it may be, 60 years, 65 years, it doesn't matter, 65 days. It does not mean that you're finished and it does not mean that you're ruined. Okay, before I let you go, remember to hit the share button, share this link, share the podcast uh, on your social media. You guys have been doing an excellent job of sharing this podcast. But this one right here, this is a game changer. This is one that you're going to have to tuck away and save somewhere. Uh, save the link, uh, save the download, because this is a game changer today. Again, you can catch every episode of the Roy Hall Jr. podcast on every major streaming platform. You can also go to RoyHallJr.com and hear every one of those episodes as a secondary source for you all. Have an amazing rest of the week. Have an amazing day. And just go out, live in purpose, stay motivated, keep a positive perspective, and please, please, please continue to walk in your purpose. Peace.